Hello and welcome to another edition of On Mike with Jordan Rich. This is the first of our podcasts that we're producing during this COVID-19 social distancing era. I am recording my introduction and my close in a closet, in my wife's walk-in closet with my portable gear. I did not have time to build an actual studio, but this will suffice. Needless to say, we pray for everyone to be safe and healthy, and we honor the heroes on the medical front who are doing all they can to help keep people well. Podcasts are fun to enjoy anytime, but particularly at this time. So I hope you enjoy the interview that I have with Marilyn Abrams, one of the co-creators of a legendary, super long-running comedy show called Sheer Madness. At its origins back here in Boston, it's worldwide, and as soon as the COVID-19 virus is over, I hope you flock to the theaters all over the world to see it. So now, enjoy my interview with Marilyn Abrams as we talk a little theater. Let's go on, Mike. Well, Marilyn, possible it's been this many years that this show's been running and it continues to run forever and ever. How is that possible? It's amazing, I know. But um, it's possible. I think it's possible because we just decided we were going to run and never stop really thinking about ever closing because the audiences came and the audiences had a great time. Yeah, there's all kinds of stories about showbiz people and how they get together and how they form partnerships and collaborations. Let's talk about you and your collaborator on this project and how it all came together. Well, we met in uh, upstate New York in Summer Theater in, in Lake George. And as a matter of fact, Bruce Jordan, who's my partner, uh, was the artistic director of the theater, but the producer hired me. And um, Bruce saw my picture and he said, oh, my God, she looks like she's part of a motorcycle gang. Anyhow, I had a DA haircut <laughs> at that time. and But after the first day of rehearsal, we became great, great friends, and we had the same sense of humor. And he directed me in a production of I Do, I Do at that time, and we got along so well that subsequently we performed together in a number of other plays. Mm. And then uh, Sheer Madness came along. Now, it just doesn't come along, however. Whose idea was it? Where does it germinate from? Okay. Well, germinate is a good word, yes. too. Yes. You see what I did there? There you go. That was a wonderful <laughs> pun on words. Yes. Uh, Bruce had um, knew of a small production of a very serious solve-the-crime German I don't even want to call it a play, but it was called Scherenschnitt. And it was cutouts, and it was about how people perceive a crime. And he showed me this, well, I don't want to call it a script because I couldn't really because mm. it was part improv. It was a couple of pages. It was if, – if I hadn't worked with him, I would have run for the hills. There was no question. But I had confidence in him and he said, uh, well, there's a great part for you and for me. Well, I was an actress. He was an actor. You never pass that up. And Bruce played the hairdresser, Tony Whitcomb, and I played the manicurist, Barbara DeMarco. And we tried it out. For two summers, we workshopped it in uh, in Lake George before we brought it to Boston. And the the title, Sheer Madness, which is another great pun because it's S-H-E-A-R, uh, whose title was that? Was it taken from the German or? No, we were in a car and I can remember exactly where we were and we had names, names, names. And I said to Bruce, 
Sheer madness, he said, done. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that story of the Epstein brothers who rode Casablanca. They're at a stoplight and they come up with lines like, you know, here's looking at you, kid, while they're sitting at a stoplight. Sometimes your best stuff occurs in the middle of traffic. A- absolutely. You know, actually, also, the name of our company is Cranberry Productions. Mm-hmm. And you, you might say, why Cranberry Productions? What else do you put on a turkey? <laughs> of course. It's not a turkey, however. This is a no, hit. No, no. It's, it's a, a hit. hit. It's a hit. So it's so fascinating that this show is now 40 years old and it's all over the world, not just here in Boston, but Boston is its birthplace. Yes. So you were in the city at the time, in the area? When we were uh, workshopping in it in Lake George, people would uh, – wait for us after the show. And they had a lot of people who would go over to Lake George on vacation in the summer. And they'd say, oh, my God, this is this is wonderful. And it really was far from wonderful at that time. Mm. It needed a lot of work. But they said, you have to bring it to Boston. Well, we didn't know any better. We said, okay. And we, um, we went to Boston on our day off and we went all around the city and we found the Charles Playhouse. I say it no matter when I say it, who I say it to, the Charles Playhouse in all the productions of Sheer Madness all over the world is the best well, theater. It is so intimate. I saw it probably 36 years ago <laughs> or something. And it is such a warm, intimate, almost a black box style theater, and which is important as we'll talk about the, the play and its impact and the fact that it's changing and evolving all the time. And it's so much fun. So the people in the audience are part of the show. They're part of the show. They yeah. become part of it. And also what's great about the Charles Playhouse is they can see each other also. So the intimacy is perfect. Would you say that you are the rise of all these murder mystery dinner packages over the years? Because I don't remember anybody before Sheer Madness doing that kind of thing. Murray's bar mitzvah and somebody gets murdered or, or you, you know, the Anthony and Maria's wedding. Whatever. Yes, I know that. I think we were the first. We were, I, I always say we're interactive and immersive before those were buzzwords. Yes. But, um, I think we were the first and it used to bother us. It to be perfectly frank, we were uh, concerned that we would be imitated, and um, but we weren't. It never affected affected us. Um, Sheer madness has changed every night. It takes the locale is the city wherever it's playing. Mm-hmm. It's in that city. The characters all have addresses in the city. The Sheer Madness Hair Salon is at 155 Newberry Street because Bruce and I found a vacant lot there. (laughs) And we decided that that would be where the shop was located. And we have the element of surprise. It's it's, – it, it's different every night. Well, I don't want to go behind the scenes too far and give away any trade secrets, but is there a plot book with, say, 50 different plot variations, or have you already overwritten whatever plot possibilities there are because the actors will do that? There is a plot, yeah. and that's what's great about it uh, because it has a beginning, a middle, and an yes. end, right. and people really want to solve the crime. They, they absolutely – They'll 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 see us on the street and they'll say, "Oh boy, I was there the night so and so was guilty." And and people <laughs> want that and they want the plot and it's mixed with the improv. And there are so many questions from the audience and so much improv mm. that 
I would say there would be not 50 variations, a good 300. Well, one of the things about acting that I love is the improvisational style because that's what we all kind of do in life, uh, many of us. But to see actors in makeup, on stage, performing as characters, and then literally bending with the will of the audience or or deciding to take another route is fascinating. I, I think that's a real challenge for an actor, but it's fascinating. It is. It's 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 a little scary. And um, not only that, if you go to just a straight improv, I mean, the people are there improving. But when you go to sheer madness and the audience becomes involved, you're your character. You speak to them as your character. You answer whatever they're going to ask you in your character. Right. So you're you you don't necess- you don't have a script to follow, uh, but you have to remain the person that you're supposed to be. You know, I might have asked you this question on a phone interview we did. Uh, if you guys uh, hold the Guinness record, I think Mousetrap was the one that ran forever and ever and ever. But who's the number one running show of all time? Do you know? I think the Mousetrap has beat us, but we are the longest running play in American theater history. That's amazing. And I think probably aside from the Mousetrap. Okay. We So we'd have to come in second in the world. <laughs> to Agatha Christie, which is not a bad place to be. But they keep going the way you're doing it. We're going. It's, 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 it's going. One of the really cool things about the show is, and you've heralded this in interviews before, is the fact that it is so current. The reference points are today's reference points. Do you remember what the reference points would have been when you started uh, in 1970, 80, whatever it was? Well, it's hard to – it's hard to remember those, what was timely. But the the various things that come in, like O.J. Simpson, we we dialed on that one a long time. <laughs> We've had Klaus von Bülow, your oh, Boston's very own Klaus von Bülow. And it, it's – it, it's difficult to remember one of one of one of the things would how uh, was Isabel Cherney murdered? You, she stabbed to death. What? How would you murder her? A knife, a gun, yeah. extra strength, Tylenol. <laughs> oh, you yes. remember that every scandal sure. is in that yeah. day, and then you have to take them out too because the life of the thing. I, I, I'm just having trouble. Remembering well, you don't have years, to remember was... forty years ago because who can? But <laughs> I would say that today you've got as much meat on the bone as ever. I mean, with what's going on? Yes, we have a lot of meat, but we have to um, we have to cut some of it because you know it can't become just about one thing or about one person. So mm. we do. Uh, we're an equal opportunity insulter. <laughs> That's why we love it. Now let's talk about the actors because over mm-hmm. the years you've had some of the best in Boston and beyond, obviously from all over the world now people are doing this. But at the event that recently happened as we taped this, Mm -hmm. a lot of the actors came back. Oh, they did. It was – think about the best college reunion or family reunion with people that you actually love and you haven't seen. It was was a love fest when – as the actors came out on stage – each one got entrance applause because their cohorts were sitting in the audience and it was it was a very warm very very happy occasion oh, I, I know many of the names that may not be familiar to people listening in other parts of the world but uh, uh, will LeBeau Paula Plum we talked about those prior yes. to coming on the air uh, so many people Patrick and- Shea all, all of them uh, uh, well you've had Jordan some, yeah you've had some yes. actors who've gone on to do 
national work, right? It- uh, yes, we have. Uh, Allison Martin is mm-hmm. out in uh, California. She's been quite successful. Um, Sandra Shipley and Paul O'Brien were there. They were two of our very, very good actors, and they they've recently gotten married, which was oh, we lovely. didn't know. And uh, they are ubiquitous in New York City. They're in so many plays. They constantly work. Mm. And you know, for an actor, that's a big deal. Well, that's a good point. Uh, Sheer Madness has been going for 40 years, so I know the casts revolve and change. The idea that you can fill a theater every day, every night is amazing. I mean, in this day and age when people are so hooked on video and, and staying home, you get people to come out. I know. it. Well, it's a lot of word of mouth, the most powerful form right. of advertising, absolutely. Right. And uh, But it is. It, there's a lot of competition. and But we keep it up to date. I mean, you're never going to see yesterday's show. And it, that's really one of the reasons. So it the, can there's last a lot so of repeat long. business. A lot of people come back. I know uh, maybe after three or four years or maybe even after a few months, they want to see it again. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I ever told you this, but if I mentioned it before, but we have one person who comes on all his first dates. Well, I don't know. He's got an awful lot of first dates. Wow. (laughs) But it's a great icebreaker. It's a great icebreaker, yeah, because there's a lot going on and you don't have to be the one doing all the talking when the cast is entertaining you and you're part of it. And, and, you know, the the, um, Charles Playhouse is also very relaxed. It's a cabaret theater, which many of our theaters are not. Uh, but you you sit at a table and chairs and are surrounding this small stage in the small uh, theater and you have a drink and you see the people next to you and everybody is laughing. They're having a very good time. Now, around the world, I imagine the play is, you know, originally the, there was this German thing that kind of evolved into this. Mm-hmm. But around the world, in other languages, does it work as well in other parts of the world? And It works Perfectly. It's amazing because we wondered about that also. Is it going to, how is it going to work in a more repressive kind of an atmosphere or uh, 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 people that don't have such a great sense of humor? The structure of it is irresistible. Mm. There, the, the structure always remains the same. And when the audience is invited, to come in, they just they just do, even though they they may say, "Oh, I'm never going to do this." I'm. They just they want to know who the killer is. They really want to know that, and they are irresistibly join in, no matter where it is. And we're in a lot of places around the world. I want to talk about you for a second because it's more than just sheer madness. Although that is a lot to handle. I mean, in forty years, what an amazing run. But you've appeared as the biostates in many shows, Mame, Funny Girl, Gypsy, all as leads, right? Yes, yes. I was going to be – my ambition was to be a musical comedy star. That's what I wanted to do. That was my first love. But it sounds like you achieved some of that. I did a lot. Mm. And I was in wonderful plays and wonderful musicals. And then when – uh, I, I was only going to be an actress in the play. I never was going to really be actively participating in the business end of it. But as we were going along and running so long, we really had to think about how are we going to sell the tickets and how are we mm-hmm. going to promote this because it has so much potential. Well, Bruce was the director he had his hands full with all the rehearsals. And I have to say, Sheer Madness is rehearsed more than any play I've ever been in. And the brush-ups 
all the time and the notes mm. after the show they're relentless and but we but all of a sudden we realized somebody had to fig- figure out really how to sell the tickets and I just did it. So you took on another role. I took on another role, and I love it. It's amazing how you never think that you're going to be involved in anything but the performing aspect of it. And I, I love it. I love the customers. Well, uh, what does it say about, and I know the answer to this in my own heart, about live theater and why live theater works when it's so well produced? What does that say to you? I say that people want to communicate. They want to communicate with the people on the stage. And the fact is, at Sheer Madness, they communicate with one another. And maybe that even means more in this day and age when we we, we email, we text, we don't call. You, you, you call, you never get voicemail. You get voicemail. And the theater is the one place or one of the places where you get together. People do like other people. Exactly. I I was telling you, I just took my granddaughter to see Frozen the musical on Broadway. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, remember, these kids will – she's four and a half, so she's seen the movie 50 times on Mm -hmm. on her video screen. But to see the look on the faces of the little ones when they see somebody actually in the flesh performing and singing and dancing and it's just magnificent to watch. And I think that's where – theater goes above and beyond when it's well done. It just takes you to a new place. It does. It does. And seeing those live actors, and, and you have to remember that things can happen. It It's not taped. It's not edited. It's right. there. Yeah. Things happen that are not in the script. Accidents happen. Line drops happen. Sure, sets uh, fall down they, and oh, people well, drop things. Well, one of our one of our speaking of sets falling down, in Sheer Madness there's a barber chair and we always have trouble getting them in the various cities. It's the old-fashioned barber mm, chair right. because a lot of the laughs depend on that chair. And one night it was an old barber chair and it fell apart piece by piece by piece, like a comic movie. And, uh, I mean, we had all we could do to keep a straight face (laughs) and keep the show going on. And afterward, one of the audience members said, oh, I love the chair. Do you do that every night? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it must make you just quell, which is a theatrical term, (laughs) to know that over almost 13 million people around the world in places like Korea, Madrid, Paris, Reykjavik, yeah, yep. Tel Aviv, where they obviously have a sense of humor, Rome, Melbourne, I mean, all over the world. That must be such an awesome feeling for somebody in it the is. theater to know not only have you had a, a show that's run so long, but people love it. I mean, it's not. They love it. I mean, it's kind of like the sun never sets on sheer madness. I mean, yeah. there's it. There, it's always going on. So it, it, it keeps us busy because even though we we don't produce the foreign languages in many of the licensed companies. We still are very involved in training the directors, uh, making sure that they follow our method of doing the show. It's very important. Well, that's true. It's your baby and you don't want anyone to take it and, and mess with the basic formula. Absolutely. That's very important. Yes. Well, I am so thrilled to meet you and uh, the lady behind – one of the two behind Sheer Madness, the the birth of that wonderful play, which is now uh, a young adult at 40 <laughs> and many, many decades to come. Thank you so much and congratulations. I'm, oh, I'm so happy for you. Thank you very much, Jordan. It was just great being here talking to you. 
My thanks again to Marilyn Abrams. We taped that interview several months ago. I'm so glad we're able to air it during this time. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can. Jordan at chartproductions.com, C-H-A-R-T productions.com. On Twitter, it's at Jordan WBZ. And we're on Facebook at The Jordan Rich Show. Again, podcasting and broadcasting is what we do, and we'll continue to do it as long as we can through this crisis. And if you're listening to this well after the crisis is over, hey, we got through it. This is Jordan Rich as always saying, be well so you can do good. Take care.